there's been other established nonprofits that have that have taken issue because Tom works for the police, and that that somehow is adversarial. Um, I mean, I, I don't get it. You know, I think an attitude like that might have us where we are, and and I think where we want to go is all of us working together and trying to reduce homelessness, try to get people off the street. So that was yesterday. Uh, Mayor of Pensacola, D.C. Reeves, doing the press conference and kind of, uh, you know, mid to the end, we were talking about the new PPD mental health counselors that are working with them. And um, I don't know the backdrop here. I don't know the, really what's going on, but this doesn't sound like a particularly good thing. And so I was kind of curious to get more information about it. D.C. Reeves is the mayor of Pensacola, joins us now by phone. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Morning, Andrew. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Doing doing good. Always doing good. And it's always good to talk to you. Uh, so I, what's going on? I thought that, I mean, adding mental health coordinators or counselors to PPD was like, yay, hallelujah. And now somebody or some organizations are not happy with this? Yeah, I mean, it, we've already gotten you – know, the question was, you know, how are things going with, you know, and what we said is generally great, but – you know, I've also been surprised or not surprised. Uh, I mean, imagine if someone, uh, you know, you had Keith Leonard on talking about early, uh, you know, kindergarten readiness. Yeah. Imagine if, if someone came to our community and said, we're going to help with kindergarten readiness. And our school district said, no, 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 you're, you're, you're not going to do that because I don't like where what university you went to. I don't like who hired you. I mean, imagine how sad of a state of affairs that would be yeah. You know, when we're all going with the same mission. That's my, you know, and so. 99% of our feedback has been positive, but, um, you know, there's this hint of adversarial uh, territorialism that's happening when we should all, I mean, should is there a subject in our community that we should all be more aligned on, which is helping people who need help to get off the street? I, I don't know. And so, um, so you know, that it's a, it's a speck of uh, frustration, obviously, as you can hear. And, and, yeah. Um, in the midst of what I think is a very good thing. Our second officer started... Uh, uh, started uh, the day before yesterday, so we will have our two officers up and going. And Tom, who's been in place now, has done a fantastic job. He's already integrated into the homeless reduction task force. Has been in part of all these conversations, and and you know he's really building his rolodex, so to speak, to make sure that uh, when he has outreach, that he able, he's able to get people to the right place. So, um, so again, I'm, we're not going to let that deter us from uh, what we think is a very very good thing. And I'm and I'm I'm so appreciative uh, to have yet. That many more resources uh, here to help reduce homelessness. And and just just to clarify, we're not talking about some pervasive pushback from agencies that work with or uh, try to help the you know mentally ill or the homeless. We're talking about a very small number or one or you know something yeah. like that. Is that right? That's that's correct. But but what I would say is it it is a microcosm, and you've heard me mention in previous weeks. Not so much with these particular uh, employees. But again, we're try- I really feel like the city, including with this tactic, is trying to break down these barriers, mm-hmm. silos of territorialism that really I think is pervasive throughout the whole process. And, and so, again, that, yes, in this case, it's, it's, it's a very small sample size, okay. but it's the type of attitude that, I'm, that we're generally seeing, maybe not as extreme saying, well, because you work for the police department, don't bring us people that are in need. I, I mean, that, to me, it's crazy. Uh, but it also, what we hope is that we're trying to be part of the solution here. And, and, and it's, it's kind of mind-boggling to me that, that other folks within the same space wouldn't be 
really rowing in the same direction. Yeah, working separately has been producing the results we have. Let's try something else. Correct. Um, <laughs> Correct. I mean, I think that's you know that's the. You had a um a big conversation recently, a kind of a meeting that uh, had to do with, of course, the demolition or the what's going to happen at the uh, old Baptist Hospital property. We've had a lot of conversations about this, but I think part of that discussion was that you had somebody in from New Orleans to present on the Columbia Park at the Bayou District project that they have there, which I have looked a little bit at, looks amazing to me. It's a fabulous like neighborhood community design, uh, but I just wanted you to talk a little bit about this because if that's the kind of thing you're envisioning as a possibility, tell people what, what that's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, what, we had a meeting. We had some, uh, you know, some stakeholders in the community that have been part of this process with Baptists, you know, that have somehow played a role in this uh, smaller group. It's actually, the video is available uh, on our website, and we'll share, um, you know, through our proper media channels. Uh, so, you know, it was it was recorded, and, you know, of course, anybody can watch. Media was invited. Uh, but the goal was really this. James Lima, who was hired by Baptist to go do a lot of the community engagement and give his expert opinion about what could happen at the site in 2021, 2022, uh, we had him present because, look, whether we do what Baptist was going to do or we don't, you know, that's a lot of valuable information that we should be taking into consideration. So right. James presented a lot of what he had found. And then I invited Jerry Bruce from the Bayou District Foundation, who took a eerily similar size uh, parcel, about 50 acres, uh, and then they have more than 500 units. It's anchored by early childhood brain development, kindergarten readiness with Educare, um, as well as a K-8 school. Uh, that it, that that becomes the anchor of the, uh, of the the whole site, and it's been very very successful. I believe he said he's had 123 communities come benchmark uh, their place. Wow! Um, and uh, when you hear about purpose built communities, that actually started in East Lake in Atlanta. Uh, Bayou District is believed to be the first replica of the original purpose built community, which means wraparound services are anchored by a university. Um, you know, where uh, and really be mixed income, which is what I really believe right. in is that, you know, you have people who are in public housing living next door to people who are paying market rate and you can't tell the difference in the condition of the place. It's not, hey, people who are uh, poor live in this side and people who can pay market rate live on that side. That's not how Bayou District is designed. So, um, so it was and, really and even and, and for people who right haven't seen like. it, even some structural stuff that's fascinating, like a kind of you know exterior facing, uh, uh, you know ta- townhome kind of style with behind parking and park actual space inside the blocks kind of stuff. It's like it's Correct. it's just really interesting as a look too. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and look, crime. Uh, this is one of the most crime riddled uh, neighborhoods in all of New Orleans. Uh, crime has gone down by ninety nine percent. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, one quick anecdote that was interesting, Jerry mentioned, uh, he said when they, when they came to the city to design this, they talked to the chief of police at the time, right after Katrina, they said, well, you're obviously going to put a gate around this whole neighborhood, right? You know? <laughs> and he's like, no, absolutely not. That's not what we're going to do. You know? And, um, it just goes to show you how far they've come, uh, yeah. from when this was 134 public housing buildings into what they have now. So, um, so again, I, I really encourage folks to watch that video, and you can and they can talk about that. And so, uh, you know, I had some people reach out and say, "Well, are, is there going to be a chance for community to have feedback?" We we are many miles from that at this point. I, right. I'm I'm in the car on Interstate 10 right now, driving to Tallahassee to try to get the money 
to be able to even start this, this conversation. So, uh, but what I really wanted to do is make sure as a community, we kind of got our feet under us, understood what work has been done and understood maybe a general direction that we may want to go. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to watching the video. I have not watched it. And just in case people are wondering, uh, you had invited me to go. I wasn't able to go to the actual meeting itself, but I appreciate the invitation. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Malcolm Young gym. Uh, your plan had been demolition. Wouldn't be all that expensive. I mean, 50 grand's not cheap and probably more now that you got to rebid it. But um, as I understand it, you're going to look at a survey to really make sure of what the cost would be to renovate what the cost would be to demolish, what the possibilities are, and if there is a rebuilt anything on that site, how to better use the land space so that we can maybe get some housing out of the deal in the end one way or another. Do I kind of have that right? Yeah, you do. And, and look, here my stance was after about the $35,000 that we spent with the preliminary assessment mm-hmm. that basically we saw enough to know what kind of condition it was in. Um, and then we had someone email us, and you know, you're, you're aware, you know, of course, Coach Washington, all the great work he does in the program, right. folks that were interested in, in trying to, again, privatize the building, which I really don't have interest in, regardless of what the cost ends up being. Um, but nonetheless, um, they said, well, hey, we've had someone look, you know, drive by it and say that they can, you know, they could fix it for this amount of money. Now, um, so uh, in the end, uh, you know, the decision of the CRA board is, is to say, all right, well, then, uh, you know, if if uh, the city's uh, outside engineer isn't putting a number on it and we had someone email us and say that they think they can do it for this, let's go get deeper answers. Now, those deeper answers are going to come at a significant cost. I, I expect that just the full structural assessment alone is going to be at least double the price of the demolition, if not more. Um, there's only a certain, for example, there's only a certain number of experts that still even know how to assess those old beams, yeah. uh, those arches. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know that it, it – this is my opinion. I don't know that how, um, you know, how cost-logical that is, given what we already did pay someone to tell us. But, uh, again, I said yesterday, you know, look, I respect the CRA board. It, that, this is the checks and balances of the government. If they want to be super triple sure uh, that, that there's significant damage that would not rationalize us, you know, having to, uh, to demolish it, then, then certainly I, I respect that. So that's what we'll do. But – um, I, I personally expect that that number is going to be coming in very, very large. And remember, it's not just the structure. I mean, we would have to get it up to ADA compliance. Right. Get the electrical plumbing. I mean, there. Because once you renovate, ADA the, becomes it, mandatory, right? So, yeah. Cor- no. Correct. And, and, and so, or the city shouldn't want to just reopen a facility that doesn't have those things, right? Right. So, of course. Um, so, and, and, and look, and at the end of the day, if the cost came in as low as, as being alleged that it would be, been great. Then the city would take it on, and we would make, we would bring it back to the public good. I mean, if it truly was a nominal amount, and I'm wrong about that, and our engineers are wrong about that. So it, great, feel, it, we'll, it feels like it feels like we're going to try to spend the city's the council is going to spend a hundred grand in order to on the the wish hope that we can get a really cheap alternative that's going to satisfy all of our hopes and dreams and keep the the uh, the, the the place that we all want to keep. And what's more likely to happen is that we're going to spend hundred grand to find out that it's way too expensive to do, and we're going to wind up dem- demolishing anyway. Um, is what it seems like to me. But I, you know, that's look, that's you have elected officials to make decisions, and you know, that's that's why you have their powers, and not your powers. That's the separation of powers. Um, and, and Andrew, and Andrew, one other thing on that, you know, remember, whatever that cost comes back at, whether it's cheaper than we thought, more expensive than we thought, you have to compare that to at least fourteen affordable homes up to 20 into the 20s and 30s so now you have another decision that made is 
would you like to restore a 62-year-old gymnasium or would you like to have 25 or 30 affordable units? What, right. What's in greater need in our community? And so you like, mentioned that. Doesn't that yeah. really approach that yet. Yeah. So, so anyway, I, you know, I, there's still a lot to unpack, but again, we'll, we'll, we'll do what the CRA board wants to do and we'll, we'll take a look at that and go from there. Well, I, I will say this. I think, you know, my fear is that because you've been so thorough about trying to find, you know, old dilapidated things that are not really safe and how much it's going to cost to repair them, you've kind of wandered yourself into the public perception that, well, he's the tear down and destroy guy, I think unfairly, but that's the perception. And then people have this emotional attachment to that particular facility. And if somebody comes in and says, no, 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 wait, we can save it, you know, it's it's just, it's a, it's a probably a perception hard sell to get the community yeah. to say, oh, well, we could have, you know, affordable housing and that's cheaper and that's a better fit for our needs in our city. And, you know, I'm just, you know, you know this, I'm just, you know, it seems like that's going to be a, a challenge that you're going to run into. Yeah. Um, I agree. I, I did want to always like to end with a, uh, the lightning round, you know, quick questions to get a little bit of fun out of it. Uh, first question is, um, is Ashley Moody right? And should the CFP be sued uh, because of the debacle with FSU? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm going to say to this, uh, you know, because I because my opinion defies logic at this point. My my anger defies logic. So, right. Um, you know, so absolutely, absolutely, I support it. If nothing else, let's see the ballots. I just, I, you know, that's what I'd like to see. And I agree. I'm, I'm guessing that's what the mechanism is here. Yeah, and the voting machines. I think it's funny that she's looking for election fraud in this. It's kind of interesting. That wasn't really my lightning round, but that's one. I just wanted to get you on the record. <laughs> on it. Um, if you had the opportunity to live in a subdivision right next to Clark Griswold, yes or no? Oh, absolutely. I mean, why not? Why not? I mean, definitely entertaining. Just no RVs allowed. That's right. No Cousin Eddie. I think that's got to be the rule. you got a tough HOA enforcement. Um, When you eat or prepare a sandwich, do you cut it or eat it whole? And if you cut it, how do you cut it? Uh, Oh, no, no, no. I I don't have that kind of time. (laughs) uh, we, We make it. Two pieces of bread, let's roll, you know. All right. Also also for the, the children, same? Uh, oh, no, then I, I go diagonal. If, I, if, if if cutting is required, I go diagonal. All right, Jake's happy three. to hear that. Uh, yes, last, la- last question for you. Um, I also did not know this was even a controversy, but TikTok teaches us all things these days. When you're taking a shower, face toward the shower head or face away from the shower head? Uh, toward, right? Is, is it a controversy? <gasps> you're the weirdo. Uh, oh, am I? Am I? <laughs> I don't know. That's it's going to be our frivolous topic for today, though. So I'm glad to have you as a dissenting oh, God. voice. I, well, man, now, now I'm second guessing myself. Well, I, I just, you know, know generally different. speaking, I don't seek to voluntarily self waterboard. That's why I face away. But you know, you do what you want to do. Um, hey, I'm trying to wake up. I'm trying to wake up, Andrew. I mean, Mayor DC Reeves, always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Please drive safely. Uh, have a good, productive time in Tallahassee. Merry Christmas and a happy New Year. We'll talk to you again real soon. All right, guys. Thanks.